0: Good evening, it is evening somewhere. Welcome to History Hotline. I'm Morgan. And I'm Trayvon. And we're going to be talking about uh, stories from the Great Depression and the stock market crash. And just significant stories about all of that. And anyway, let's get into the episode. Okie dokie. Before we get started, we would like to give a huge thank you to our sponsors. We'd like to thank Dogecoin to the moon. Okay, for today's episode, we're going to be taking a trip back into the late 1920s and early 1930s. Now, we're in the Great Depression era. Okay, so, Trayvon, take it away. And we're going to be talking about stories from the Great Depression, as mentioned earlier. And we went into a lot of deep research, and by that, I mean we went to one website with a bunch of different people on it and we picked out three people from it so but they have interesting stories so it's fine yes and today we're gonna be talking about robert card william benton and ey Harburg. this commercial is for crocs and i wear my crocs like every single day and if you don't have some like i'm really sad for you because chances are if you're listening to this right now i have crocs on and you should too Okay, so we're going to start out by talking about Robert Card and how he learned to get by on very little. Um, He actually went to college with uh, one suit, one necktie, one pair of shoes, and $30 that he borrowed from the bank. He called the Depression a painful but glorious time because it forced America to face long-standing problems of poverty. He was, like, um, really grateful for, like, the stuff that he ha- was able to have, but he also did struggle during the Depression as well. See, and that's, that's what you don't get in these types of things. Some people actually enjoyed what they went through. They were able to learn. Like, it's not that they enjoyed the, the poverty and stuff as it, in itself, but they enjoyed the lessons they were able to learn. And, like, for example – He was saying how it was, like, a pleasure to get a pound of hamburger um, and, like, have a cookout with his friends and, like, go swimming in the river. And he actually said that one old friend of his had a Model T Ford sedan, and it was a 1919 model. He said his friend had it fitted up to live like a house. He lived in it all year long. He cooked and he slept and studied inside of it. And he actually had a little stove he had fitted into it. And he would take that pound of burger and go out by the Kaw River where they would swim and have a cookout and just have a good time. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, a common thing where people would live in their cars, like, back then and do cooking in there. And, like, me personally, I don't think I would, like, be able to do that. Like, it would just be a lot for me. But you still have to think how it says he had it fitted. Yeah. So he, like, yeah. I don't know. But it's still a sedan, so I don't I still don't get personally I don't get how he would have been able to do that all year long and probably more. Yeah, because I don't know, that's just like a difficult thing. So I don't know. Well it's it's really weird. I just even it says here, Card said he never knew how he managed to live in it all year long. Yeah, so it like makes you wonder what was living situations for other people. Like, I don't know. Like, people that might not have been fortunate enough to even have the car, or the suit, necktie, his shoes, or... Or maybe even $30. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing that he went to college with just that, and he made it through. Yup. Okay, so the next person we're going to be talking about is William Benton, and he suffered from the stock market crash he actually lost $150,000 when the market crashed. That's That's huge. a lot of money, oh, yeah. So, he actually stated that in all catastrophes there is potential of benefit. And he purchased the Muzak Corporation, I think that's how you say that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's good enough. Kind us. of reading right now. Um, <laughs> it said he it piped into background music to hotels and restaurants in New York City. He eventually became a U.S. senator and recalled his first meeting with Muzak's staff. And he said, I went, to, I went down to see the five salesmen. We only had five then. They said to me, we have 80% of all the business you can get in New York. Um, he was like, so yeah, basically once he lost all that money, he bought into that um, corporation. And I guess it worked out fairly good for him. I mean, he became a U.S. senator, so yeah. I'm assuming it did. But uh, I guess Muzak is a type of music from what I'm seeing here. Because yeah. it's saying, like, it's the background music and, like, uh, like elevator music, stuff like that. And they they had beginning getting 80% of the business you can in New York. He said there isn't any other place to sell it, so he pitched the idea. Why don't you put it in barbershops and doctor's offices? And, like, people didn't really agree with that um, at first. And then um, he says that there was um, a young man who had only worked there for six weeks, and he thought it was a good idea. And so Benton was... Well, so he said, well, the other four of you guys had better quit and get some other jobs, and I'll make this young man the sales manager. So, that young man agreed with the idea, and I guess it went from there. It made a it made a big profit for Muzak, yeah. and no extra money has ever gone into it. The depression put me into it. I owned Muzak for 20 years and sold it for a profit of many millions, so... so- that Overall, goes. the stock market crash worked very well for him, and in the end, well, not even in the end, he became a U.S. Senator, and he eventually wound up selling the his business, Muzak. Yeah, They should have called it Muzak Music, that would have been a good <laughs> name for it, and he actually sold it for many millions of dollars. So, like, I guess that shows us that, like, when things, like, don't go our way, it could have something good to come out of it, like. At least a little good thing. It's not gonna stay bad. That's not a little good thing, though. That's, well, I know. Well, <laughs> that's, I that's mean, huge. I was talking about our lives. So to break it down into pieces, he lost one hundred fifty thousand dollars, bought a company, became senator, did a bunch of stuff with the company, and sold it for many millions of dollars. And he had like faith faith to purchase into that company also because like he didn't know that he was going to do so well he was just kind of trusting that if he put in money like oh yeah yeah that could have just failed immediately once he purchased into it and he had already lost all that money yeah he he actually bought it when it was kind of failing it was called the muzak corporation he didn't bother to change that that kind of bothers me it should have been muzak music but (laughs) there's nothing we can do about it now yep too late unless me and traven make a company that's not gonna happen. Everybody pigeon their ideas. Now we're gonna be talking about E. Y. Harburg. He said that after his business went bankrupt, all he had left was a pencil um i guess like he probably didn't know what to do but his friend ira i think that's how you say it? ira gershwin yeah. I, I don't know um she told him to get the pencil and a rhyming dictionary and to start writing songs and he ended up like writing some pretty popular songs he wrote the one brother can you spare a dime and he actually wrote uh the lyrics to the song uh wizard of oz like i don't know back then like how much profit you would end up making off of that, but, like, I know in today's day and time, you'd probably get a lot of money off of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you had the rights to that song, or even the movie. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. I don't know. I wonder... He said that when the crash came, he was relieved. Um, He was released, and... He, like, t- detested being in a business. He hated it. Yeah, he didn't want to be in a business. So, like, he was, like, actually relieved when he was released from his shop. He found out that he could sell a song or a poem. He said when he found that out, he became alive. He became himself. And he said, actually, that other people didn't see it that way. And um, they were actually throwing themselves out of windows. But committing soy sauce for whatever reason. They didn't, they didn't like that they didn't have any possessions and they didn't see how they could come back from it. Yeah, they, like, they were seeing it as like a completely negative thing. But like from talking about like the last few people, we also talked about how good came out of their situation. And these people just couldn't see that. And they couldn't see themselves ever getting better. Oh, yeah. And he actually stated in an interview uh, CNN did with them uh, he said, when I lost my possessions, he found his creativity. And, like, he wasn't really happy with the life he had before with his mm-hmm. job and what he was doing. And, and he actually owned the businesses, but he still didn't like it. Yeah, and it was his business. It, it wasn't even like yet. he had a, a a boss that was like a jerk or something. It was just that he didn't have any creativity or room to go. He was too busy taking care of his businesses. So when they went bankrupt, he said he felt like he was being born for the first time and the world became beautiful to him. Yeah. And like, I guess we would like me as a person in that situation, if it was my business that went bankrupt, I would find it hard to be relieved. I would probably be like stressed out even if I hated that job because oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he knew that he could write poems and songs. Like I I know I definitely wouldn't be able to. I don't have that much creativity or brain space for that matter. <laughs> yeah, like I've tried to enter <laughs> several like little things. I'm just not that's just not something that I can do. I don't know. Something would have to happen for me, like the lottery or something, but
1: yeah. I, I don't know how
0: I would be able to come back if something this bad happened to me. Yeah, I would have to have like clarity, like like I would have to know for sure that that was gonna get me successful. I, I would say he was he was very lucky to have his friend Ira there to help him, and I actually hope that from all the money he received from his songs and poems and everything he started writing, he helped her out. Yeah, and like maybe donating to her or something because she, if she, he didn't have her, he might not have thought of writing songs. Oh yeah, and it's just weird that. Out of all of that and losing businesses and everything like that, that he just came out a successful man again. Yeah, it's pretty cool, like, to see these stories. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know that some people didn't have this luxury. They didn't, they weren't able to be lucky enough to bounce back like this. They just. Yeah, some people, they just were just stuck in a bad situation. They didn't know what to do yeah and it's just kind of sad to see people yeah reinventing themselves and well i mean it's happy to see people reinventing themselves but it's kind of sad to think about all the people that didn't get that opportunity exactly (laughs) it's just pretty interesting to that brief commercial but um now we're going to talk about lessons learned from the great depression people learn to have empathy empathy for the less fortunate how to get by with very little how to reinvent themselves for example like the wizard of oz person (laughs) who was the one that wrote um it was um
1: it was Harburg. Harburg. It, was, it Harburg. was
0: E.Y. Harburg. He wrote the lyrics to uh, the Wizard of Oz song. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And um, they learned to look out for each other. People learn to do things with very little, like with every single one of the people that we talked about, I think. <laughs> yes, especially <laughs> with Robert Card, who yeah. went, went to school or went to college with a tie, $30 from bank, suit, shoes, and then his friend that had a fitted out sedan. And, uh, yep. and then the first person we talked about, no, Robert was the first person, <laughs> second person we talked about, William Benton, he uh, he lost $150,000 $150, in the Wall Street stock market crash. So yeah, pretty much everybody learned to do things and get through life with the little amount of money that they had. So that is like a big lesson from the great depression. Oh yeah, it's you can look you can look up more on these people too. Yeah. If you want to like read all of their full quotes and everything, you can go to the CNN website. Um you we can see what it's called, for you guys. Stories of hope and resilience from the Great Depression. Um CNN. They have a lot of things so and thank you to that actually website. They actually interviewed these guys yeah. and credit to them. For a news website. Finally doing something good. And then... <laughs> um, we would especially like to thank our sponsor, Dogecoin. Yes, and... For helping us make this video. Or episode. They're a huge help. <laughs> Obviously. And we hope we get paid for that shout out. And... Um, and Especially with the KitKat and the Crocs. and Crocs. If you're watching this right now please sponsor our next episode. Or send us a free pair. We don't mind that. Yeah, that's fine, too. Like, all that money I spent on gibbets. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) We'd like to thank you for watching this episode and sticking with us through it if you did. And if you made it here, send us $10 to let you know (laughs) that you did. Yep. Um... I have a PayPal, if anybody want to know, like, I'm accepting donations right now, and Crocs, (laughs) I'm still waiting on my free pair, and maybe, like, a few free gibbets, if, like, you really love me, like, just throw that in there. If you really love your fans, you will. Yep. Okay, bye guys, thanks for watching.